Hello, and welcome to Look Down There, the show where we talk about all the things we don't talk about. I'm your host, Michelle Lamore. Today, my guest joins me from New York City, and she is the triple threat of burlesque, singer, dancer, actress, and I'm just going to add badass because it's true. She has performed alongside James Brown, Pharrell Williams, Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett, no big deal. She is also the star and creator of her one woman show, The Last Day of Black History Month, a conversation with a naked black Southern lesbian. Yes, nailed it. She has also been featured uh, in the New York Times most recently in the cover story about burlesque during the pandemic. And wasn't that a scene? Please welcome my guest today, the main attraction. Welcome, Maine. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, so I have this thing that I do now because we don't have um, applause built in. Every time I like fry bacon in the morning, I'm like, ooh, I have applause now because it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like kind of it's kind of like an ASMR situation. Um, I was thinking that I would set my alarm to have applause go off in the morning. Like, wouldn't that be great? I think that's fantastic. I think I'm going to join you on that. Yeah. I mean, that's something like that gets you out of bed, right? Yeah. But for you specifically, I feel like we need a drum roll. We need a main attraction, you know, like that's how you need to wake up in the morning. You know what? A drum roll is perfect. (laughs) You just need to like walk around with your own sound effects. I'm going to have a drum line. I think that's my future. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. So Maine, I'm again, like, I'm so happy to have you on the show and I'm so happy that we have been able to get closer during this weird time because we've performed a lot together in the past, but you know, when we perform, it's like, I barely see you dance and we're just backstage doing whatever, putting rhinestones on toenails, Um, (laughs) you know, just normal stuff. And just seeing little glimpses of you shimming, shaking. And, and, but the first time that I felt like I really saw you uh, was at the slipper room. And I think it was some kind of anniversary for the slipper room. And I walked in and things were kind of closing down and there was maybe two more acts left of the whole show. And I think you closed the show out and I am such a fan of quote unquote, doing nothing on stage and just standing there. And you did that for a full song and I was completely captivated and, and it was just like so emotional. And, and of course we both know that when we stand on stage, there's a lot happening. There's never just standing there. Um, but it's the most vulnerable thing you can do is to allow that gaze, right? Or like give that permission to the audience and especially mm-hmm. just completely naked standing there, not trying to make shapes, not trying to be sexy, but just having this silent conversation with the audience. It was so amazing. Oh, thank you. It's I, I, actually, I will say in, in all of my career, it's probably the most difficult thing I've ever done. And I think that it's because I'm known for being the funny girl and I'm known for uh, 
giving the room energy and and like when when there are those moments of quiet in shows people bring me in to come and bring the energy back up so to do that piece was um it was like a testament for myself to understand the power in stillness and the power of breath Mm-hmm. because you cannot have one with the, without the other. And I read this study like many years ago. I don't know if it still holds true, but they said that 80% of people hold their breath throughout the day, that they, we, are not, we haven't been taught to breathe. And you would think that that's something that would come naturally, but it doesn't. And so I have to check in with myself daily, on a daily basis I mean, several times a day where I'm just, I'm like, are you breathing right now? Like two things. Are you drinking water? Are you staying present? And are you breathing? So those three things. And um, I think stillness and breath are, they, they're roommates. You can't have one without, without the other. So it's amazing how much comes up for you when you don't have movement Mm -hmm. because you don't have uh, a distraction to rely on. And to do that in, in front of an audience is so vulnerable, but the best gift you could ever give yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I feel there's so much power in that. And that there's, it's, it's like the simplicity, right? It is just the breath and you're right. You know, we don't, we don't learn how to breathe and we don't give that priority. And it sounds so silly, like learn how to breathe. What do you mean? I've been learning, <laughs> I've been breathing this whole time. You know, um, I kind of feel that way when, when I try to teach a walk, like people are like, yeah, I've been walking for years, you know, <laughs> what exactly. Are we, what are we doing here? Um, but you know, you, you have this song, Nina Simone, uh, four women, right? Is that the, yeah, term? yeah. Four women. And, um, you have like this, it's just growing in you. I mean, Nina Simone is just haunting anyway, as it is. And then just to embody all of these women and really, you know, your music is your prop in that sense. Like you're just leaning on this music and there's slight changes in you, you know, your, your hands kind of are clenched by the end and you can feel the anger and the tension and the grief and, you know, tears might come like it's, it was, I loved it. I am such a fan of that act. And um, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Thank you. It's uh, thank you for, I mean, one, because I just feel like you're one of the pioneers of burlesque that, you know, you, you don't hold back. You take it there. You push the envelope, you lick it and you seal it and you send it off to whoever needs to see that at that time. And so to hear you say that is such a wonderful compliment. And it just, it gives me the courage to feel empowered enough to keep pushing that envelope. Um, and that's, that by far is the most difficult piece I've ever done because 
in the song, she she speaks of of the ancestors and each woman is a different entity. And I feel like those women are are standing behind me and giving me the inspiration to move forward in difficult times. And through that, it's also an acknowledgement that our ancestors went through even more difficult times than we went through. And it kind of takes the baby aspect out of me and the poor me out of me because I'm like, okay, this is a difficult time, but we're on a, a loop right now, right? When it comes to everything that's going on in the world, I mean, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but if you want to get biblical, it's been since the beginning of time, since the beginning of story, all the things that we've been going through when it comes to any kind of activism or any kind of uh, like act of feminism, any kind of act of true spiritualism and acknowledgement of existence and existentialism, this is, and, and, and race, even though we know that that's a made up thing, it's just been a thing that we've known that there's been, um, we've just been telling the same stories throughout time. BC, AD, it's been the same, same thing forever. And, and I really do feel like uh, humanity will continue that loop until we like really crack the code and start to talk about the things that we are ashamed of. Um, the only the only way we're going to heal is to deal with the shame and the guilt mm-hmm. and come together as a force, a united force. So that's why that piece is so much to me because they they're all individual, but they all share the same experience. Yeah. And I think yeah. that as women, we can we can connect on that level that we all share the same experience right. over time. Yeah. And on the note of ancestors, that's always been something that's been hard for me to access because when I thought ancestors, I only thought of my family and I didn't resonate with that word. I didn't understand, you know, I, I envied people that could look to their grandmother, great grandmother and have this strong matriarchal line. And I felt like, I don't have that. So like, I felt really alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't until this year, well, you know, 2020, where I was like, fuck, like my ancestors are all the women that have come before me and I can choose my family even in that sense. And suddenly I felt so supported and, and strong because yes, like we have been going through shit for a long ass time, right? Mm -hmm. Like this isn't new. It it might feel new. Um, but damn, like things have been much worse than, than where we're at right now. And we absolutely do have to talk about the shame that we carry because that's the thing that keeps us in line, right? Like that's the thing that keeps us in place and doesn't let us progress and grow as uh, spiritual beings. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I think that that was what, 
what did it for me because for many years I couldn't listen to Nina Simone. She was too intense for me. That was when I was still in the like, let's just laugh about it. Like, like that's how we deal with this. And I was like, we got to go deeper than that. And when I, I got to a deeper understanding of her and all of the triumphs and her experience and just living in this world that we live in, I, I was able to embrace her and wel- and welcome her and thank her for her contribution to um, to women and to society because she said if art isn't reflecting the times you're not doing your job as an artist and I agree with that everything that we sh- what we do like everything we do should be an example of what the human condition is right now what the human experience is. So what I found now is that when I do perform, whenever I am prepping for a show, I call on my ancestors and, and my ancestors, like you said, my ancestors, I don't, I don't know my family. Like, you know, I'm a product of, of colonialism and slavery. So when people are like, Oh, I'm doing my 23 and me or my (laughs) genial. I'm like, I don't, I don't know where I come from. It's like, a, it's always like, you may be from this area and you may be from that area. There's, it's vague. So when I, now my ancestors and my brain are people that have, have always given me inspiration along the way from being a very young child to being an adult. And then I end up finding that like, they all serve me in different ways. They, they offer themselves to me in different ways. So, you know, I might call on Bruce Lee so that I can like be malleable and move like water and take any form like water or be like bamboo or the wonder twins. Remember from the, (laughs) from Marvel when they're like a pail of water, an Eagle, like even if it's a fictional um, ancestral feeling um, James Baldwin for, for writing Josephine Baker for being like a burlesque performer before we knew what burlesque was. Mm-hmm. She was just, she was just an expression of spirit, you know, and that's the way she lived her life. So I just have all of these amazing people that I feel like before I do anything that really means something poignant to me, I call on, I call on them to give me guidance and, and even if it's just made up in my head, at least I have them as examples of, of how I want to express myself and navigate and inspire other people to take that journey with me. So yeah, yeah seeking inspiration, like going after it is so important. And I feel like I've just been feeding on that for a while, just <laughs> ravenous for those stories and 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 pictures of strength really. Um, and yeah, that's the thing that just, we have to actually go out and get it right. Like we can scroll through Instagram and whatever and like, 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 but I don't think that makes any sort of lasting impact on us. No, like that's a real fleeting fair. It's yeah. a fleeting fair. Be like, oh, okay, I'll remember that when I'm looking for shoes or color palettes for my next costume or whatever. But you don't remember shit. Like, come on. No. And I don't care how many times you bookmark and save. You're not going to remember that. You got to go out and seek it. You got to, it's a, it's a, it's a sensory 
situation. It's not just a visual. It's you have to, you have to touch it. You have to feel it. You have to experience it in every aspect. Yeah. You have to like hold it in your hands. You have to bathe in it. Like Mm -hmm. breathe. There it is. Breathe it in. Right. Mm -hmm. And bathe in it. Yeah, exactly. So how did you get to the point in your life where you felt comfortable being a naked person? Oof. Okay. So what I will say is that when I was a kid, my mom, when I got to a certain age, I think I was maybe like anywhere from eight to 10 years old. My mom was like, you have to put some clothes on. You can't walk around like that. You have a little brother. And I was like, he's my little brother. What does that matter? And she's like, you just can't walk around like that anymore. You're not a baby anymore. And I was like, but it's just, it's just a naked body. Like I knew as a child, I was like, there's anything wrong with this. This is the way we look. And I think that had a lot to do with my father because he was more on the like open hippie kind of, she called him a hippie. She's like, he's such a hippie. You know, he was like crystals and rocks and science and, you know, uh, we come into this world as flesh, we leave as flesh. And I just want to be buried in dirt. Don't put me inside of anything. I just want to be in the dirt for, for trees. And I was like, I think that I have a lot of him in me. Giving back, mom, yes. the, mm-hmm. the like more refined, like you can't do that. That's just not accepted. And I remember her telling me you have to put some clothes on. So we went through that phase. I did what she said. I put some clothes on and then when I was in college, I, I mean, I was still, it, well, first in high school, I was, you know, really um, deep into the like art club and did a lot of sculptures with clay and charcoal figure, figure drawing and all those good things. And so I always just had an understanding that nudity wasn't a, a bad word. But then when I was in college, some great friends of mine took me to an Atlanta strip club called Gall. Um, it was called uh, Guy- Guys and Dolls or yeah, I think it was called Guys and Dolls. So it was split and there was like male strippers on one entrance and female strippers on the other entrance. And we went there and I just remember feeling so empowered. I was like, these women are powerful and they're strong and they're getting paid to just dance for one song. And they, like all this abundance that they're getting monetarily and they're just big, they're like figure models, but with movement, which is, and this is my logical brain. I'm like, it's better on the body. Like you don't want to just stand in this pose. It makes more sense to have like a little- Practical, practical. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I want to do this. like this is empowering. This is a, an act of feminism. These women are in charge of them, their selves. They, it just felt like the ultimate expression of, of feminism to me. And I remember thinking in my head, I, I, I was, I said, you know, in the sixties, we burned our bras, but the strippers don't, burn their bras because they cost too much money. They just twirl them off. Yeah. You know, 
And I think that that was what did it for me. Um, so I was a stripper for, geez, like maybe like two or three years. And I just kind of set my understanding of performance from there. I became a go-go dancer in New York city. And then, um, I was a drag queen for a while. <laughs> um, so that was a whole other realm of identity and expression. And then burlesque just kind of like knocked on my door. I didn't even know what burlesque was, even though I knew who Josephine Baker was and all these other iconic, like Betty Page and, um, Oh, What's the beautiful redhead's name? Tempest? Tempest, thank you. Yeah. Dixie, like all. And I was just like, they're doing exactly what I feel like I should be doing. And then I started thinking about when I was a kid, all of the iconic movies that I fell in love with, like Sweet Charity mm-hmm. and Flashdance and Cabaret. I was like, I wanted all that jazz. I was like, I want to do that. That's, that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live. So I think I was, I was meant to just be a naked lady. That's, I love it. And thank goodness that you figured <laughs> that out. Um, but you're, I mean, you're known for one of your, your signature moves is, well, I don't know if you can do this anymore in a post pandemic world. We'll see uh, maybe a few years from now, but you're, you do a headstand basically on someone's, lap and then you so your crotch is right up in their face and you spread your legs and shake and yeah it's a scene <laughs> yeah it's out there yeah so uh tell me about how you discovered that uh special form of audience interaction <laughs> oh my gosh i and you know what i just wish i could time travel and go back and remember where i learned that because i don't have any idea who I saw do that where I got it from. I have no idea. I'm like, it was either in the strip clubs of Atlanta or it was at the lesbian um, underground parties I did where they would bring in like lap dancers. And I was like, well, I don't necessarily want to lap dance because that's too much energy for me, but I'll do a shoulder stand on them. I feel like it was like somewhere in there. Um, I can't, I, I don't even know where I got that from. And then it just became, it just became a part of me because I realized how shocking it was to people. Like they're not expecting for you to come up to them and just slap upside down in their laps and, you know, twerk in their faces with your butt cheeks Mm -hmm. and clap your feet together while you're doing it. So it just became like a, a, a gimmicky thing at first. And then I was, it became a signature you know, what I was known for. And um, the New York Burlesque Festival, I won the award for, uh, it was called the Napkin Award for the performer that's been in more laps than a napkin. Oh, <laughs> nice. Well, that's something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started like incorporating, like if it was a dinner show, I would like take a napkin off their lap and like snap it and put it on their, you know, like the yeah, red lobster bit. And a bush, maybe, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I just got some um, some messages recently that what's what's that famous young young performer? Uh, he's he's really famous. He's a uh, little little Nas X or what's his name? Oh, uh-huh. I think so. I'm. I don't know. 
touch Maine? <laughs> I'm an auntie. I don't know oh these gosh. children's names. I'll report back. But I, no, I like saw the Grammys and I'm like, who is this person? What's going on? I didn't. I had to Google everybody. I was like, who are you? But I had three people like send me messages like, Maine, that um, this person's doing your your signature move. I was like, who is this? And then when I saw the picture, I was like, oh, the cowboy. That's all I know him as. I'm like, oh, that cute cowboy. And I was like, well, that's sweet. <laughs> you know. So you're making a difference. There you go. In the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doing the goddess's work. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. All right. Well, we need we need to figure out like a special social distance version of that. I wonder what it is. I don't know. I mean, I'll consult one of my physician friends. Like the audience interaction is so great. And like that is, you know, really up in their face. It's like, look at it. Look at it. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't not. Like it's, it's, and it's so funny because people try not to. <laughs> oh, they try not to for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really like, <laughs> oh, no, no. You're, no, you're going to do that. So do you single people out who are actively trying not to look at you? No, it's this thing where it's like completely energetic. And I don't know what it is. That's when, that's when I feel like whoever I have called on to look over me and help me do the performance, it's like this, Psst, that one, because I never know who it's going to be. And, you know, um, I've had producers of shows try to tell me like, go to that person, go to that person. This person's an investor. This person's a regular. It never works out. Whenever I do it to someone that that spirit doesn't tell me to go to, it's always awful. Either they have like spaghetti legs and I'm like, you're going to kill me. I'm going to drop on my head or they're just like not the right energy. So it's just something I have this, like this, this sixth sense about who the person is that's going to be open to it. And I, my most favorite thing when it's just this like beautiful, thin, petite little thing of a gorgeous female. And I'm just like, she thinks she can't hold me, but it's not about her holding me. It's about me like balancing myself. And I'm like, I walk up to them usually and I, I love when they have a skirt on or a dress and I, I speak to them in this low Prince voice and I'm like, are you wearing panties? Uh And they're like, yes. Or like, no. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll cover you. And I'm like, pow. And they lose it. I think, I think the women's are the most fun for me Yeah, because it's, it's the power. It's the pussy power. We're all like, yes. Yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, you're showing them like, this is what you have too, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the power that you also possess. Like, let me show you how to use it. Right. So you're giving them that kind of inspiration where they can go home and be like, fuck yeah. Like that's yeah. in me. I could do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's empowering you and them. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a win-win. And I've had those moments after shows where they're like, tell me how to do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to show you how to do it. Make sure that you have someone that will hold onto your waist until you get to a point where you can extend, you know, 
it's very it's a very yogic expression Mm -hmm. but in a sensual way yeah it's like stripper yoga for sure which i love (laughs) like i'm all about that um (laughs) (laughs) so what have you learned uh with your career in nudity and art and what are you still learning as you progress you know it's it's interesting because I feel like at the beginning, I was um, at the beginning of the career of being a nude performer, I feel like I was more open because there was this sense of like rebellion and activism that was inside of me. And I was like, I'm going to do this because this is powerful and this is great, you know? And then um, once it became performative, I mean, I mean, stripping is performative, but once it, once it became burlesque and performance art, it became extremely performative where it was intentional and deliberate and not so improv based. And I know that I relied a lot off of my improvisation for years of performance, but once it became burlesque and I had numbers and I had a time limit, you know, where they're like, you only have three minutes on stage, so you have to do this. Oh my God, that's like half a glove for me. <laughs> yeah, what are we gonna do with three minutes? I just winked at you. burner, man. <laughs> yeah, I just winked at you for three minutes and now I have to get off stage. So I think that that's what kind of changed things for me. And then um, I had this, this moment where I felt a little stuck. I felt like if a pasty came off, I was exposing myself too much. Mm. If one of my labias popped out of a thong, I was like, oh, I'm not a professional. I should be able to contain the bits because performative in that world, you have an intention. It's either to contain the bits or to be the naked girl. There's no, there's no, it didn't feel like there was a place of in between for me where I could be both. It was like, either you're this or you're that. Mm. And I felt um, a little stifled in that way. And it also became a thing of, well, I, you know, it's not in the right environment, so I can't show them all of that. So I started limiting myself and, and um, I don't know, feeling a little insecure about being so open because it's not, it's not normally society doesn't really gear us to be open. It's not validated. It's not validated. Yeah. It's, it's that uh, burlesque got really clean. Um, And I missed the grit of it, Mm -hmm. you know, but keep going. It got really clean. It got really clean. It got really samey. You know, everyone had the same, has the same costume and, it, and, and it is so performative and it's, and it really started to turn me off. I was just, mm-hmm. I got really numb, um, where to where, like, I couldn't be around it. I couldn't watch shows. Like it just, cause it upset me deeply. Yeah. 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 I felt so connected to it. And I felt like it was like, it was such an opportunity for us and for the audience to, go somewhere different Mm -hmm. and say something different. And then it just became like 
every other thing, you know, where it was like clean and packaged and the sexuality became really manufactured and not authentic. Yeah. The words I, the words that just came into my mind when you said that cookie cutter and banal Mm -hmm. trite contrived and appallingly boring. Right. Like how many, like how many times do I need to see you stick your finger in your mouth? Like, am I, I'm not buying that. (laughs) Yeah. And poopy face. Oh, I'm like, I don't believe you. Where's the sex? No, I'm very, I'm very anti the, the ooey, like, oops, like I dropped a glove. It's like, stop apologizing and own that shit right now. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that I tell people in my classes. I'm like, stop apologizing. You're saying you're sorry before you even completed your action. Why are you apologizing for existing? Yep. You know, I don't want to hear I'm sorry from it. If we've done it enough. Enough apologies about who we are. And, and what I miss when you said a slow burn, like three minutes, I miss a performer that's just like a three minute glove peel where it's so slow that you're like, is it sticky? Is it wet? Is yeah. it dry? Like uh, that's making me like tingly thinking uh, about because I, I have it. goosebumps right now. Can you I see me that? too? Me too. <laughs> Can you smell it? Can you taste it? I want to, that makes me want to, I want to be there. I want to, I want to yeah. jump on the stage and smell it and taste it and feel it. Yeah. I, or, or I want to take my, my phone or my screen and like, try to turn it sideways when I when I was a kid I used to take images and try to turn them sideways so I could see below what they were showing <laughs> you know like if you knew someone was a little nude underneath I would like try to like look at them to see and that's and that's what I want to feel again and I don't I don't feel that right now right I feel like it's either what we just spoke about or it's shock and awe Right. It's like, let me, let me jump onto my knees. Uh, let me jump split, whatever. And mm-hmm. I see people doing that and like tricks are great. Fine. Have your tricks, you know, but tricks are best used in the right spots when people mm-hmm. aren't expecting them. It's like, you don't, I, I kind of feel like doing trick after trick is another form of apology. And like, actually don't look at me because I'm moving so fast that you can't look at me, you know, which is why I appreciated your act so much because it was like, yes, look at me. And I'm going to look at you looking at me and we're going to have this thing, this like thick energy between us. And we're going to, we're going to speak without words. I feel like that you just touched on something and I can put words to it now. And I I love speaking with you because this is what happens when we speak that things that I haven't completely, I know they're there in my brain, but there'll be that one little thing that you say that feels like it's like it turned the machine. And I'm like, Oh, that was the nut and bolt I was looking for. You know, (laughs) happy to be your nut and bolt. Thank you. I appreciate it. But that is true. Like that's the one sweet, sweet spot that we're looking for, you know, mm-hmm. because um, I think for so many years that I, as a performer, I felt like I had to always be doing something for the look at me, right. To be appreciated. And, it, and like, 
respected, that I had to be doing something and it had to be so over the top and energetic to bring an audience in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why the piece was so important to me. I didn't know that it was going to be that when I started writing the show. And the first time I did the show, I had four women join me on stage mm-hmm. and stand around me or sit around me while I was doing the piece, which gave me comfort. Right. Yeah. It took, but it also took the vulnerability out of it because I felt supported and I didn't have to focus on my vulnerability and myself and my empowerment. Yeah. So the next time I did it, I was like, it wasn't my idea. I will be honest. It was my wife's idea. And she was like, you don't need anyone on stage when you do that. It needs to be you by yourself and don't, and you don't need to move at all. Breathe. I was like, did you cry when she told you that? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. That's always the true when you're like, oh shit, like you're right. (laughs) Yeah. It was an ugly cry. It was an ugly kid cry, like, (laughs) like lips sucking into my mouth. I'm like, I'm going to swallow my bottom lip right now. And she was like, let's take 15. We'll come back to this. I was like, (laughs) okay, stage wife. But she was right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's probably, no, I I admit it. It's the best work I've done. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I've been able to evolve as a performer in my body, in my spirit, in my consciousness, my physicality, my mind, my every, all, all aspects of me is because I stripped everything away, literally. And I stood there and I let those emotions come forward and I and I also welcome the emotions of the audience so yeah and vulnerability is strength and you are strong thank you beautiful so I learned it from watching you (laughs) (laughs) you are my mirror oh happy happy also pulled this out because I didn't know where we were going with this Oh, yes. Your special hand mirror. Mm-hmm. And do I you, was like, are we going to do some do stuff? mirror to look down there? I've been saving it because I wanted to talk to you about it before I looked down there. I was like, do I need a... I've been in my brain about it. It's been, it's been a while since I looked down there like that. You know, I've leaned over in the mirror because we have a hall, long mirror. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I look at it, but I haven't like looked at it. I'm like, it's time for a Georgia O'Keeffe moment. It is. It is. You know, it's like we can go through life like without ever seeing it. And some people do, which is, oh my gosh, like so shocking and upsetting to me. Um, It's just this part of your body that's like capable of so much creation and life and pleasure. And, you know, maybe we only look down there when we think something's wrong, but we never like, Oh, let me just look and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I mean, that took a that took a long time to to get into. You know, I I call myself a recovering vulva hater. Um, <laughs> so own, not other people's. Um, sure, I probably did project on other people because I, you know, hated my own. And isn't that just how it goes, right? That's how it goes. But you know what? That's a that's a great. Um, 
a great empowering t-shirt. I think that recovering vulva hater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me know when you make them, cause I'm buying them up and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to hand them out. I'm just going to well, throw them I out. Really, like I really do want to make special hand mirrors for a look down there. Cause I think that would be amazing. It's so important. I mean, one of the things, so that was, that was a gift. But when I saw one of your posts, I was like, I know the way that I want my look down there mirror to look. And I want it to be like gold, Mm. you know, or brass or some kind of like beautiful metal with like, just filigrees. I just want the filigree to be like, Mm. So dainty and lacy and gorgeous. So I'll start here with the wood and then I'm going to move into the, the, other, the other elements. Yeah. You know, you can have multiple mirrors depending on your moods, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this, one of the things, okay. So the first person that I felt empowered me enough to look at it, it was Madonna's sex book. Oh my God. Do you God, remember that picture of her? Incredible. Yeah. Like I was looking at that. I want to say recently, it was probably in the past year. Cause I have no sense of time anymore, but, um, such thing. Holy crap. That <laughs> book is incredible. Like yeah. how just, I don't even understand how she got away with it to be honest. Like as a mega pop star, I don't yeah. see anybody else today that could do that book and still have a substantial career. Yeah. She was one of our pioneers during that time, you know, like she was a modern feminist and a lot of people don't give her that credit, but you look at that book and it is a a strong, a strong example of activism of feminist movement. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. And the only other person that's made me feel that way about looking at it is you. (gasps) Me and Madonna. You and Madonna. Get out of here. So another pioneer <laughs> of activism for feminist movement. Thank you. I'm so happy. I can't wait to hear how your look down there experience goes. I'm going to, I might have to take a video for you. Okay. We'll see. What <laughs> I'm happy to receive it. Whatever you want. I love it. Okay, Maine. So tell us where we can see you, where we can you know, find you on the, on the internets, on the Instagrams, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So my Instagram handle is the main attraction, but main with an E like the state Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S. And, um, that's my social media. I don't like to do all the social medias. That's the one I choose right now. We'll see where that goes. And, um, I usually post my shows on my Instagram and I love doing virtual shows with you. So I'm sure they can find me there often and New York is slowly opening up again. So I am picking and choosing how I want to be a part of that. There are some spaces that are, um, they're really following a good code right now for me. So I'll be at bathtub gin and I'll be at Underground Cabaret, which is a new show. We haven't done it yet. So I'll let you know how it goes. Starts next week. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. Things are happening. And things yeah, are happening. Um, Maine, you were in Uncensored. Was it episode two and episode 
five. Yeah. 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 So episode two features the act that we've been talking about this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. And episode five features the ode to Madonna. Yes. That I hope that like everyone catches. I won't say what it is because I hope, I hope that they'll comment and, and remember like do their research. Cause mm-hmm. yeah. I like to give, you know, for the pioneers and for the, the, you know, the strong lead examples of femininity that I love, I like to give an ode to them without, um, I don't want to copy them. I don't want to reenact. I want to give an expression of them that makes people say, this reminds me of, and I'm like, yes, because it is an ode and an appreciation for our pioneers that have come before us. So. Yes. Yes. I, I personally love mixing and matching and taking little pieces of, of things and yeah, I yeah. leaning that kind of energy and intention and, and mm-hmm. really it's about that intention, right? It is. It yeah. is. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative. Thank you. I think you are the cat's pajamas. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> so, all right. Now it's time for you to spread your legs and spread the love. Like us and follow us. Follow Main Attraction on Instagram. You can follow me at I Look Down There or at Michelle Amore. And go ahead. Go and get your fancy mirror and grab a mirror and look down there. See you soon.